following is a conversation with Jason Thompson, a member of the Snake River chapter of the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association, as he and Robin talk about deer opener, deer hunting, and chronic wasting disease. It's all right here on the Q Media On Demand podcast. And good morning. What a pleasure. As an interview guest this morning, I have Jason Thompson, and he is the president of the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association, the Snake River Chapter. And Jason, how long have you been? I got to hit you up with that right away. You've been the president for a little while now, right? Well, I actually stepped down a couple of years ago. Okay. Back um, and forth then, right? Yep. So I I started with the organization in 05. Okay. Um, actually, 03, I joined the MDHA as a board member, and in 05... I became the president for um, 13 I'm, years. I was going to say, it was a little <laughs> while, as I recall. Yeah, and it, it just kind of became, I'm like, you know, there's someone else can step in. And sure. At the time, I got asked to uh, sit on a strategic planning committee at the state level. And so I thought, you know, we could have someone else step in. So Jim Arazum um, mm-hmm. has been on our board for a while, and he's now the current president and uh I still am extremely involved and help in every way I can. Um, my focus is now a lot on the banquet, as uh, you've helped us out the banquets sure, before. So, sure. but yeah, it's it's been a big passion of mine for a long time. Well, I know deer hunting is just kind of—I don't want to say in your blood—that always seems weird, <laughs> but it certainly is a passion, something you've felt strongly about, and you guys do a great job. The Snake River chapter is just awesome. They do so much good right here in our backyard. And again, can you give us just an idea, because the, ch- the chapters kind of run over each other, so to speak. They border each other. So where is the Snake River chapter's yep. coverage area? So the Snake River covers pretty much the Isle, Ogilvy, and Mora areas. There's uh, 62 chapters in the state. Um, the state has roughly about 18,000 members. And so 60 chapters, you're looking at about 300 per, which is really close to where we're at. Um some chapters, so we butt up to like Jim Jordan, which is probably one of the bigger, bigger money yeah. raising ones, uh, along with Bluff Country down in Southeast. Um, but we try to do a lot with the other chapters. So if there are fundraising efforts or land acquisitions, we will do like chapter challenges, like, hey, we got this really great land deal we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to donate three grand to it. How about you match us? And then we 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 work together that way. Um, we'll also work together on back in the day with hides for habitat. Uh, Jim Jordan would give, would let us take some of their hides because they just didn't have the manpower to do it. And then we, you know, would give them something in return. So, sure. Yeah. This is a perfect time to ask about that. We'll just kind of bounce around with, sure. with this today. The hides for habitat, you'll see the boxes around and the importance of this. Share that. Yeah. So, all the money we raise is the biggest thing I need people to understand. It stays local. It, it, it doesn't leave our area. Um, 80% of the money that we generate stays with our chapter. The rest goes to state to help operate the program in general. Um, and all that money goes towards education and habitat. So by habitat, like I mentioned earlier, a bunch of land acquisitions, uh, improving land for, for habitat in general, like bork, buckthorn control and that type of thing. Um, and as far as the education, we support a lot of local area youth stuff. So for it, shooting sports, the high school trap teams, there's uh, periodicals that we provide the elementary schools. Um, we've got these four corn camps where kids can go a week long camp that we pay for, where they can get their hunting certification, learn orienteering, survival skills. It's, It's great. And none of that would be 
doable without some of the proceeds that we get from from the Heiser's Habitat Program. Sure. So it's as simple as you harvest a deer, you pull the cape off, and you say, huh, now what am I going to do with this? And then they have these hides for habitat uh, around the area. And when yep. you see one, just drop it off there. It's just that simple. Do you, do you know off the top of your head, <laughs> I love putting you on the spot, Jason, <laughs> where a couple of these boxes would be right around, let's say, Mora Ogilvy Isle, this this area? Yep. Just a couple so, spots. Yeah. So we've got several in all spots. Uh, Isle, we've got one drop so drop location at Boone's Fine Guns. Sure. Yep. Ogilvy, you got Casey's Tower Bar, the co-op. Um, Mora, we've got the pawn shop, almost yours, Gun and Pawn. We've got Glenn's. We've got Jerry's Bait, which is a huge drop site. That's a big um, spot, yep. And, and several others. Okay. Um, and we're thankful to all these businesses that let us do this. You know, yeah. they, some of these uh, some of these people would not have to let us put their boxes there. But sure. they support us, and we try to support them by buying goods from them for our banquet and that type of thing. But, you know, there are other companies that do this out there. And uh, that's when we actually saw our our pro. Our, productive um, use of hides really drop when these for-profit companies come in and they're the ones that offer the free gloves. And Mm -hmm. I get it. You you want something for your hide, Um, but just know that that money doesn't stay here. A lot of times it's companies from out of state that take their hides and and go. Um, Sadly, we we don't have the funds or the budget to be able to give you a free pair of gloves or a a small knife or something. Um, Sadly, we're we're not in the business of buying hides. We are hoping that people will donate this and realize that we're doing this for the purpose of the future, mm-hmm. for the traditions of hunting, to leave a legacy so that your kids can go to camp and learn this thing and, and do these awesome things as a family together and, and keep it going forward. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, the Four Corn Camps, for example, what's the age group, do you know offhand, that can go to that? So they have to be turning 12 within the calendar year that they go to camp. Okay. Um, so 12 to 17. Okay. And... Um, those camps aren't cheap, uh, but uh, so our budget is what it is. Uh, we budget up to 15 youth a year, and usually we're always right near that. And if we bump over, we'll find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had uh, board members chip in personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les Stromberg did that. And All he was the time. a great man. And other years we've had like, man, we had six extras, and we, we called Jim Jordan. Because mm-hmm. they're a huge supporter. They send over 100 kids to camp every year. That's something. That's where they wow. focus a lot of their energy. Um, and so they've kicked in. So, yeah, it's it's great. You know, these kids go and there's three levels and there's uh, programs throughout the whole state that they can go. They to can the go. one, yeah, that maybe makes the most sense for them logistically too is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there's uh, one not far north of town or north of Mora, about an mm-hmm. hour away. And that's Long Lake, and there's up in Hackensack. There's a couple. There's Laurentian, and they're they're all great programs, and they're uh, week long. Where the first one, they learn just basic firearm safety. They come away not having to do that class online and do the field day with people they don't know. They they're going to camp and having a blast doing it. And then throughout the day, they're going canoeing, fishing, learning survival skills, orienteering stuff like that. And then the second one is all about bow hunting. So you're being you're learning. The ins and outs of bow hunting. You know, what's a, what's a good shot? What's not a good shot? You know, how far should I really be <laughs> It's a whole different thing than, a whole than different rifle, ballgame. for sure. Yep. And some states require a bow hunter ed, uh, if you're a non-resident to, to, or, or a resident, to go. And same with advanced hunter ed. So that's the third one. So you're getting into larger caliber rifles and learning 
more about that. So, you know, some of the Western states, if, if you wanted to go to, and don't quote me on this, but I think, you know, Wyoming and Montana might require advanced hunter ed where my son has it, my daughter has it, but I don't. So I could That's take something. him there and I'd be guiding. Right, right. <laughs> so. But there, the the whole idea here is education. And the more, I, I just know for a fact, my son, you know, that's the kind of thing they just love going and doing. And they take those skills and have them their whole life. Yep. I mean, the orienteering alone, besides obviously the firearm safety and all that, such great information to have. So if someone is listening this morning, Jason, yep. and they would be interested in finding out more for their child, yep. um, we'll give information again. But probably go to the Minnesota Deer Hunter Association website. Is that the best yep. way to go? MNDeerHunters.com. Okay. You can sign up there to become a member. Um that's the one thing we ask as our chapter to support our community. We would like, you know, a parent or grandparent to to be a member and then we will support the youth in your life. And so you join up there and once you're a, a chapter member, you know, then it's kind of reaching out to us. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, our our four corn coordinator is uh Laura Ambrose, actually Laura Christ now. She recently mm-hmm. got married. Oh, good. And um so she is our point of contact for that. But you get in touch with us, and we'll we'll get you going on it. Yep. So. And anything really you're hearing today, obviously website options are so great because there's so much information. And so we've talked about a couple things. And if you're okay, Jason, I do want to get into a little bit of the CWD stuff. And this has to do with the chronic wasting disease. And it's especially important if you are hunting in our area. When I say that, of course, KBK covers a pretty big area. But for example, 157, I know that's a zone that I hunt in. Um, let's look at some of the other ones. I know you you and I both have information in front of us. 225 is okay. like the Ogilvy area. Okay. And there's and some specific things. Name the other one too, Jason. Well, yeah, I was just saying south of town is 225 and 157. So those are our major ones in our area. But I don't think a lot of people realize this, that you know, um, it was stated sometime in October that we are in what is called 157 and 225 are called a surveillance zone. There's three zones designations, and we're in the surveillance, which is the lower of them all. But they do, uh, the D- per the DNR, they are saying it's mandatory to have deer that are harvested on November 6th and 7th be tested. Um, there are several site locations in our hunting area. I know the closest one would be the Ogilvy Raceway. They're supposed to have people staff there where you can okay. bring your animal to have the sample taken, and they will then get the results back to you, or you can check online. All of this information I have is based off of the DNR's website, and it, it is a little confusing. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, you have to see spl- the map really to fully understand you, you it, do. too. I mean, it's, our section's like split in half. If you hunt east of Highway 65, that is in the surveillance area. Mm-hmm which is part of 157. If you hunt west of of area of 65 in 157, you don't. So <laughs> it's like, well, and then there's the question of, well, is my deer consumable? You know, and and science says that it's fine, but, you know, center of disease control says maybe wait if you suspect it. The sad part is how do you know if it has CWD? Right, uh, right. A lot of the scientists say most people will never see an animal that's inflicted with it while they're alive. Because they will already been killed by predators, a car, or something. Because you know this this is a, a thing that affects their their, their neurological system, and it, it's it's a very interesting disease. Um, it's not something that's contracted by a virus. You right, know, it's right. it's through um, it's contagious through uh, 
bodily fluids. Okay. You know? Okay. It uh, it's difficult to stop and can spread readily through um, infected feces, okay. urine, saliva, other bodily fluids. It actually gets into the soil and the plants where the deer die. Wow. It's, so, it is interesting. So these sure. little prions is what causes this. Okay. And the, those prions get into the soil. And then the deer eat sure. the vegetation that comes up from that and can be infected. Huh. And there's no cure. I mean, right now, if an animal has CWD, they will die. There's okay. no vaccine. There's nothing found yet. Um, it's a death sentence for these animals. And so it's just crazy. And to get rid of it, you have to burn the vegetation, I'm thinking, right? Vegetation would be, well, see that? I don't know enough about that, but the actual, when they You're take talking an about animal, the animal, the animal itself to, okay. has to burn yep. at over 900 degrees Fahrenheit for an extended wow. period of time to kill these prions. So one might go, how are we ever going to beat this? Right. You know, it's tough to think about. You know, it's been around for a long time, but we're seeing a larger influx now. Um, you know, Wisconsin has a ton of cases, you know, and now in Minnesota we're seeing more and more pop up. And, and that's why we're in this surveillance zone because we are closely uh, location-wise mm-hmm. uh, to an area in Pine County that had a positive. CDB. And that was on like a farm deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So from what I understand, and, and again, I'm not the expert on this stuff. Yeah, I'm far from it, um, but I remember hearing something to that effect. Yeah, and so most of the areas have centered around farm-raised deer. Yep. And so, you know, the, the the MDHA is like, okay, well, what are you guys doing about it? I get that question. So at our 2019 corporate board meeting um, where, you know, every chapter has a couple of representatives and we talk about Lots of stuff. Everything, yeah. But this is a big one. And so we can't make law. We, as some of the money that we raise, goes to hire lobbyists to try to make something a law. And so in 2019, we urged the governor and legislation to support some key things. And I'll just list them off if you don't mind. Sure. Um, So requiring double fencing on all captive cervid farms. Cervid, deer, elk. Mandatory depopulation of cervids on farms with a positive test, um, prohibition of interstate movement of animals, um, elimination of antler point restrictions, and dedicating uh, a percentage of the deer license to go towards studying this This, stuff. yeah. And you're like, well, what else could we do? So now the average person, what, what could the average person do? Well, feeding deer. Um, when you feed deer... You get a, a real large group coming into a single area, swapping saliva. Yeah, see, That's, just what we don't want, right? Right. And so a lot of people like to feed deer in the winter. You know, That's how the MDHA got started. In the late 60s, it was called – I'm going to get it wrong, but I, I believe it's Save Our Deer Herd um, okay. was how – MDHA got started because we had brutal winters. So people like to feed deer, and that's cool to see them and stuff. Um, but technically, we're in Canaba County. It's illegal to feed deer right now. And, you know, that, and I'm saying that in uh, not in regards to baiting deer. Baiting deer is illegal in Minnesota in general. Absolutely. I'm talking about just feeding the animals yep. to see them, to help them out in the winter. Um, that's technically illegal right now because we're in this CWD the surveillance, surveillance zone. zone. Yep. yep Absolutely. Yep. It's a seri- it is a serious thing. And what I would encourage you to do, um, I did it myself even before Jason and I started to chat today, go to the DNR website, 
click on CWD, for example, and it's going to bring up this information. I know they had it in the Canaba County Times as well this week, so you'll see the information there. Same thing. It shows the map. It shows our zones. It shows the surveillance and the other two designations, which are managed and controlled zones. Two other things. It's a lot. A lot. Both Jason and I are like, okay, we'll do our best to talk about this today. But do your part. And again, remember, if you're in 157, these different zones, if you shoot a deer, you harvest a deer tomorrow or Sunday, keep in mind, you need to take it. And you said again, Ogilvy Raceway would be the place, probably the closest for most of us. Yep. And then, Jason, you don't have to bring the whole animal. You just bring right the head and so much down on yeah. the neck. Yep. So... It's, they say the head and four inches of the neck because they're testing the lymph nodes. That's where they're trying to Find these out. things yep. that designate it. Right. And if you shoot a deer that you want to have uh, mounted as a, from a taxidermist, there are taxidermists that um, can do this type of thing. Or you can you know, fully cape out the entire animal. skin so, animal yeah. and provide that to... Again, I would encourage everyone just to contact the DNR if you have questions. You know, I... It, it's a really, it's it, honestly, it's confusing looking at this map and going. So I, I have to turn in my. I deer. know, I know. I mean, and so yeah. Yeah. So check that out. Uh, get the information you need. Knowledge is power, as we always say. And Jason, anything else? I know we're getting on time wise. Probably need to get going here. But is there any th- couple things that you need to touch on before I let you go? Sure. Um, I just like to. I need to make sure I had my. My term's right. So, yeah, in 68 and 69 is when people up in northern Minnesota, they called it themselves Save Minnesota Deer. Oh, Save Minnesota Deer. Save okay. Minnesota Deer. You got the right yep, one. <laughs> I did. So that evolved in 1980. We became the MDHA. Sure. Um, I just thought I'd throw a couple things about what our chapter is doing right now and Please. how else we raise money. So sure. we raise money in three ways. The habitat, the hides for habitat that I talked about earlier, and then we've got our big uh, – Spring banquet, which is in March, and that's a, a great time. You know, I look at that as a service. You know, it's a way to get camaraderie and get people together and have a great time. We put a lot of money into this, and, and we make it. We make good money, mm-hmm. um, but it's also just a great time to have everyone come out every spring and hang out. And then we, we usually have a fall raffle, which we're doing one right now. Um, in the month of December, we're, we're going to be drawing a name every day. It's a calendar raffle and. We wanted to treat this as a way to thank the people that give us stuff. So it's every day as a gift certificate from a business that has helped us out. We went and purchased oh, gift smart. certificates. That is a great idea, Jason. So yeah. there's five guns on there. Um, and then, you know, there's 26 other gift certificates wow. to local areas. Okay. And, you know, there's a couple out there for like Menards and Fleet Farm for those that maybe aren't in our area that still want to help support it. But that's something we got going on right now. Um, We'll be, we're obviously amping up for the Hydra Habitat. We got all the boxes out at all those locations this week. So we'll be starting to collect come uh, Tuesday. We'll (laughs) see what we get. Absolutely. um, And go from there. And then we'll start banquet planning. But uh, yeah, the last thing I'd like to say, just I'd really like to urge people to consider donating their hides. You know, we've in the heyday of our of our success when when deer numbers were actually higher too and more tags were given we would collect anywhere from 2500 to 3500 3, hides and process a year that is a lot that's a lot crazy the last 
four years, we've been from like 400 to 1,000. Oh, goodness. That's a huge off our bottom line. Yeah, it is. And a lot of it's due to the, pro- the profit companies, which I can't knock them, but it, it, you know, this is a huge hit to us. But it's also just, I don't know if people know about it, you know, and right. and again, all that money stays local. We have lots of land acquisitions that we've done with money with us over the years and the, and the youth education thing again. So, but yeah, I, it's... Uh, You'd like to see people, when they see that box and it says Habitat for, or I want to say Humanity, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Habit, Hides for Habitat, drop, your, drop it there. Uh, I'm sorry, but a, a pair of gloves isn't worth what you can do to help out your community. Sure. And we need to support each other now more than ever. So this is one way you can do that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, you're just a doll. I, <laughs> I so appreciate you coming in and chatting today. This is some great information with the 2021 deer hunting uh, opener tomorrow morning. People are excited about that. Um, I know you said you hunt in 157, but you are actually on the west side, so you don't, you're not part of this particular designation with right. the CWD. Uh, but again, look at the map, you guys. Check it out. See where you're at and follow through, and uh, we'll hope for the best. I hope you have a great, safe hunting season, Jason. Yes, uh, and I'll just say have fun to everybody out there. Be safe. Shoot straight. Yeah. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Fred Bear, who was – the guy who kind of made bow hunting what it is. Um, he says, a real hunter never returns empty-handed. Spending time in the wilderness temporarily satisfies the soul, but leaves us longing for more. Oh, that's so great. go have fun. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much. You've been listening to a Q Media Group production.